0: Hey everybody, it's Sathya Sam here and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Today we are sitting down with Ricardo Camara. Man, his name his name confuses me because I have a, a, a friend in my life uh, through church whose name is Rodrigo Carmona. So I, I even botched this poor guy's name on the interview just like right off the bat. You're going to hear me flub it and uh, anyway, at least you have uh, an understanding of why. But... Um, I brought him onto the podcast because he specializes in relationships and um, not just like, he's not like a, I don't know, like a couples therapist. He does uh, coaching, relationship coaching with high performing individuals, mostly entrepreneurs, CEOs, and then, you know, other kinds of professionals. And I, I thought it'd be really helpful for you guys because I know for me, um, you know, I, I don't engage in porn anymore. It's been five and a half years. But when I'm struggling, um, often it is, you know, and again, like I said, if I'm struggling with maybe not porn, but it was something else in my life, a lot of it is triggered by relational stress. Um, It's conflict in my marriage. It's, um, you know, not getting along with somebody else in my life, whether it's family or colleagues or whatever. Um, it's a huge trigger point. And this is in my life when I don't even struggle with porn. And I know that when there is a problem with porn, it is all the more problematic. So um, I thought Ricardo would offer some pretty good insight on just how to handle the stresses that come with relationships uh, and in the process, reduce the frequency that we experience triggers and you know that kind of thing. So that's sort of the heart here. Uh, Ricardo's an amazing guy, he's very tender-hearted, uh, but just lots of experience, uh, lots of wisdom to offer, and a really cool vantage point on healthy communication and healthy relating with one another. So I know you're gonna be blessed by it. Uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Ricardo Camara. Welcome to
1: the new man podcast a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith sexuality and relationships the goal to
0: provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be and now your host satia sam all right well i'm here with ricardo carmona uh no, not Carmona. Camara. Sorry, Ricardo Camara. Camara. Yeah, yes. you know what? I have a, I have a good friend. Uh, his name is Rodrigo Carmona, and my brain just mixed those two up. I apologize. No Ricardo no Camara, welcome to the podcast, man. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, you are a very versatile man. Uh, when we were kind of talking about you know what to discuss on the podcast, there was a lot mm-hmm. of different directions you could go in. Um, maybe you can just fill in a couple gaps here about who you are. Give our audience just a little bit idea of kind of what you're up to these days and then uh, we're going to get into your story and some of the nuts and bolts of what you do now.
1: Yeah, um, so I, uh, I'm i a, a relationship and, tra- and leadership transformation coach. Um, I basically... Uh, help business leaders uh, restore and strengthen working relationships. Uh, essentially, uh, how to minimize the cost of conflict within organizations and restoring and uh, uh, and strengthen those relationships so that it creates more collaboration, a lot more trust within teams and whatnot. So that's what I've been doing, working with business leaders and whatnot. Uh, as, a, as an individual, um, I'm a new <laughs> Christian about seven years ago, uh, found Christ. And, uh, and I, uh, am father of two kids, uh, Amazing. son and a daughter and, uh, been married to my high school sweetheart now for 26 years.
0: Wow. Wow. Come on, mm. man. He said that with a big smile on his face yes. for those of you who didn't or who aren't watching the video. Um, that's awesome. Um, I want to get into your story because you know it's funny that you call yourself a new Christian. I think seven years is decent. I don't I don't know if you're new at that point, but um, but obviously a bit maybe younger in the faith. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you got there because you have a, a really crazy story. And I think if we hear your story a little bit, it's going to help people understand why you're so interested in relationship resolution and all that kind of stuff. So get, give us the lowdown here. How, how did you end up in this place?
1: Okay, I'll try to summarize as, as best as I can. I know we have limited time. So, um, so uh Came to Canada at uh, twelve years old. Uh, didn't know the language. Uh, went to high school. Met my my uh, high school sweetheart, which I got right. married at age. Where'd you come 18. from, by the way? Sorry, where were you um, born? Portugal, Azores. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, so, and um, and yeah. So got married to my high school sweetheart at twenty uh, years old, and at twenty four, I was the father of two. Uh, wow. I was just trying to figure out what to do in life. Um, got into the mortgage industry. Uh, with worked for uh, division of Citigroup. That's really where my career uh, really uh, took off um, as a lender. I was lending money, whatnot. Anyhow, um, so f- from a from a career per- perspective, uh, things were going really well. You know, became manager, led uh, led uh, different teams, and uh, and whatnot. But from a personal standpoint, uh, as a husband, I struggled from the get-go. Unfortunately, hmm. uh, due to some uh, family issues on my side that, that kind of created a little bit of tension in our, in our relationship and how I what handle th- situations. Sorry uh, to interrupt. Just
0: what kind of issues, Ricardo, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Well, I mean, there was uh, definitely uh, jealousy. Uh, there was th- certainly uh, some issues with some family em- uh, members within our, our uh, uh, with my family that uh, had issues with my wife. Right. Okay. And, uh, and so that, how I responded to that, how I, you know, um, uh, I felt stuck in the middle in that of those relationships. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, so I, I had a lot of growing up to do as a man, as you kind of start developing a relationship with your wife and whatnot and putting parameters around my relationship was something I struggled with. And yeah. that was kind of the the the, probably one of the biggest challenge, um, that for me personally was being able to pull those parameters. And so, uh, we, yeah, throughout our our marriage, there was a lot of ups and downs, um, by the 15th year of our marriage, we had already seen three marriage counselors, uh, two of which had told us to separate, uh, because there was no hope. Uh, there was no hope for us. We, we were so at odds uh amongst with each other that uh were uh, they just saying that
0: just because like there was you couldn't resolve the conflict or they're just like you guys aren't compatible just end it now what what was the reason no just because
1: we couldn't get past our our conflict we our conflict was so embedded and so rooted that we were all right but yet we're all both wrong right and so (laughs) Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it, there was no hope for us. Um, so at 15 year mark, uh, we decided to put a, an expiry date on our marriage and we put a 20 year mark, uh, expiry date on it. And uh, we wanted to wait for our kids to finish high school, um, because we knew the impact and we had, we have very common beliefs and values, uh, from the get go. My wife and I had similar values and we wanted to make sure where our kids were protected, uh, as much as we could so we wanted to get him out of high school and so we put an expiry date on it uh, on our marriage and but at that point I remember I still remember I was going to Mississauga driving uh, in the 401 I remember thinking uh, you know that's it I'm, I'm just going to start living life for myself I'm going to start living life uh, you know i'm gonna just gonna be selfish <laughs> you know there's no there's no hope for my relationship so i'm just gonna enjoy life i'm gonna do things for me i'm not gonna care about anything so that that selfishness um, mentality kind of led me to into a very dark place mm. uh, which led me to experience addiction to pornography addiction to other things right but uh um but yeah it', it kind of start leading me down the, the wrong uh, path very wow. quickly um, and then, uh, as the, as, as we got closer to the 19 year mark, uh, things really start getting really bad. I, I there was no hope. I mean, I, I got to a point that I, I didn't see any purpose. I didn't see, um, meaning to life. Right. So I start, uh, I start thinking about, uh, uh, you know, this, I need to maybe check out. <laughs> because I, I couldn't go, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it to the twenty-year mark. Things just gotten that much worse for our relationship. Okay. Um, throughout them, throughout my life, though, I, I had a level of a uh, uh, faith uh, on and off, especially as a young man. Um, I, I remember, you know, really having this passion and love for Christ. But then, as as I got older, that went away. I mean, as an adult. At best, I was a CEO, uh, Christmas, <laughs> Easter only. <laughs> I know, where I would go to church, maybe you know, celebrate Christmas or Easter, but not nothing out, nothing more. And then as things okay. got worse towards the 19-year mark, I totally had God out of my mark, out, out of my mind. Right? I didn't. Yeah, it was not something I wanted.
0: know I just, I just want to clarify something. So when you and your wife are at the 15-year mark here. You see a couple counselors. The counselors are even the counselors are saying, "Look, like I don't know what you guys are doing here together. Just put yourselves out of your misery. End it." You put an expiry date five years from then to kind of yeah. um, mostly with the kids in mind. But this right. wasn't like a this wasn't like okay, we're gonna give it another five years. We're gonna work hard at it. We're gonna do everything we can. This was like we're just kind of coasting here until we hit that mark, and then it's over. Yeah. And yeah. as it's getting to that point, you're like it's becoming unbearable. It's like, we might as well just end it now. We're at year 19. Yes,
1: 100%. And, uh, and it's funny that, you know, as I, as I work with, uh, men now, I I find that it's not an uncommon thing to do. Uh, a lot of men are, uh, a lot of people, our relationships are struggling and have been struggling for a long period of time, but they don't know how to deal with it. Right. I, I spent 19 years blaming my wife for all of our struggles um, and it was a situation where I would say, um, you know, if only you could speak to me and, 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 um, and respect me, I would only I would be able to show my love for you. Right. And uh, and and so but it was, you know, I was always you first and then I'll 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 show you my, my true love. Right. Yeah. And um, but God had a different plan. <laughs> and so uh so uh, as as I got to 19 year I was uh I was ready to check out and uh and I met this person um and and, and she said to me uh Ricardo I think I think you need God in your life and I'm at first I really resisted because I had actually checked out God as even in existence right and uh, mm-hmm. certainly didn't think didn't see anything that was godly about uh my life um and so uh the reality is I was at the 11th hour in my life, and the last chapter was coming to an end very soon. And so I um, I said, you know what? I haven't really given God a chance, so why not? So I start praying, and, uh, and a few days after, about uh, April 22nd, 2014, at 3 a.m., it happened. Right. That faithful night, uh, I went to to bed, and uh, I was a I was a broken man, filled with anger, hatred, despair, uh, resentment, uh, hopelessness in my heart. Right. Um, and at three a.m., I woke up to this overwhelming experience with God that huh. changed my life completely. Um, Can you, you first describe I was, it? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Um, and it's hard to describe it, but it was like I felt this energy, this presence uh, with me, but it was warmth. And it was like I felt like s- uh, this pressure, like God, I can only describe it as God holding me and and, and holding on to me and giving me the biggest hug. And all the wow. weight, all the anger, all the uh, anxiety and stress and hatred, everything just flow out of me, right? <laughs> and I woke up the next morning like filled with joy and peace in my heart and just this level of passion and energy and i'm like i told my wife i'm like hey did you feel that last night she goes what are you talking about i'm like hey <laughs> we gotta go to church <laughs> so we start going to church uh, start reading the bible for the first time start reading uh, king james version because i had a bible on my on my uh, bedstand uh, wow. that was just collecting dust and i never ever read it and i couldn't put i couldn't put it down And uh, that night, oh, that day, uh, Jesus saved my life, my marriage, and my family. And my journey and relationship with him just begun that morning. Um, So, it's uh, yeah, it's been an an amazing journey. Um, And uh, at first, I I struggled with trying to understand what had happened. And I felt guilty and shame that I know it took me that long to... You know, to save my marriage, but I didn't save it. God saved my marriage. But to even come to know Christ, and and then I looked at it. You know, the impact it had happened had had on my kids. And then somebody said to me, I I was in a sales meeting up in London, and a brother, fellow brother, um, like after our meeting, and we talked about my journey. This is this was new, so I was like. New to the the, the faith and, and this whole experience. And he goes, Ricardo, one of the things you got to understand is uh, a Christ-centered marriage. Uh, what, what the, the closer, so he, he kind of uh, drew a, a triangle. So I'm going to try to make a triangle here, right? So God at yeah. the center, me and my wife, right? So the further I am away from God, the further my wife and I were from each other. And as we start looking at each other, we were always could see was the flaws and and our, our shortcomings and our behaviors whatnot. we didn't feel the love. But as soon as I start looking upwards and seeking God, it actually start drawing us closer and closer together. Right. And it just built that relationship. Right. So yeah. um, I could go on and on about, (laughs) about, (laughs) about that, but yeah, Yeah, so the transformation that then it it led me to uh, about in 2018. So this four years later, I felt this calling. uh, God was calling me to do something different. And okay. uh, so I resigned from a general manager position that I, I, I held at the time. And oh, I wow. led me to this uh, opening up my consulting business. And at first, I really wasn't sure if this was from God or not. But I, you know, I prayed about it. And, uh, and I said, God, if this is your will, then the name of the, the organization has to be yours. And and, uh, and so that from that, uh, the birth of uh, On This Rock Business Consulting s- began. And, uh, and then in 2019, God let me close the door in the morning um, to something I wanted to do. And he opened uh, the door to what I'm doing today, uh, which is uh, the relationship awareness theory and the relationship intelligence. I'm not sure, you know, most people know. Uh, EQ, IQ, and RQ is relationship intelligence. So there's emotional intelligence and then relationship intelligence. So it just kind of just blew the doors open for uh, a level of understanding of what my struggles with my relationship were, and why I was struggle so much and how I was responding and my intentions and, and how what I intended to do and say wasn't coming across to my wife. And communi- I wasn't communicating as clearly as I was thinking I was doing, yeah. and how it was actually triggering her into conflict, hmm. and she, so and so she would respond, uh, you know, in conflict, and I, a lot of times I didn't understand that, right? Yeah. And so, but that, but also that that actually opened up my eyes to my leadership how I led groups, how I led teams, right? And how I actually, some of the things I did right and some of the things I did incorrectly and how at those moments I struggled because of these things. So this relationship intelligence and uh, relationship awareness theory, it just kind of just blew the doors for me. And and it just started me in this journey about uh, restoring and strengthening relationships, both professionally, personally, and definitely spiritually, because without the three, um, you're not a complete a complete man, right? Yeah, or a com- complete person to be politically correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's amazing, Ricardo. We're gonna get into all that because I think RQ, um, all that kind of stuff is really valuable to you know, like you're saying, anybody in any context, and you've worked with business executives you even helped i think you said a a counselor right like somebody who you think would have this stuff figured out you've guided those kinds of people through these processes so um we are going to get into all of it but you mentioned two things in your story that i have to ask about um for starters you had mentioned at the 15 year mark you kind of make up your mind like okay my relationship's a bust this thing's going to end i got five years here just got to kind of ride it out so you said you started living for yourself, which included uh, pornography and I'm going to guess a whole bunch of other behaviors, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just curious about the porn part. Why, why did you resort to that? Was it part of your life beforehand or did you just introduce it then? And uh, on the other side, how did you get out? Yeah,
1: no, it's a very good question. Uh, no, I think from porn, uh, I was introduced early on. Uh, as a teenager but it wasn't really an addiction it was one of the things that from time to time I would you know check it out whatever but it became an addiction because I was looking for satisfaction right mm. and at the time uh, my, my relationship was broken you know I didn't really have you know uh, I've you know that those seconds or <laughs> minutes of, of, of you know looking through uh, through porn or whatever it was uh, you know uh, that time spent that yeah, it was just that Immediate satisfaction, right? And then alcohol, the same thing. It's just to, to numb the pain, to numb that, to create a, a feeling of joy for that moment. And yeah. so it actually led to very, uh, an addiction, right? Where I couldn't kick it off. I, uh, towards the end, I, I tried to, to stop myself from it because I knew it was, it was impacting, uh, me. And, and, uh, and uh, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do it. But Christ actually, saved me from it that hmm. night he wiped me clear of it wow uh, and so the addictions um even to alcohol and all that stuff but uh, alcohol i still drank a little bit and i see yeah, time now i you know i have but it, it was it wasn't this i needed it anymore it was not yes. that that's need for something no longer was there uh um, wow because uh, i was fulfilled yeah
0: it's beautiful, man. And I th- I think that is like, it's the quintessential experience of what Jesus does to us. Like, mm-hmm. there's no freedom apart from Jesus, you know, right. and for you to kind of get like, I mean, you you got the best of it, man. Like, you got a one and done. Uh, he gives you a clean slate, and you've obviously stewarded it really well since. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that is really phenomenal. So just amazing, amazing story. The other thing I wanted to ask about is uh, the conflicts you experienced in your marriage that led... Up until that that fifteen year mark, where you guys mm-hmm. kind of were, I guess you know, at a crossroads. What were the conflicts about? You know, like I've heard of couples who have almost divorced over like conversations about temperature in the house or how to squeeze toothpaste out of the tube. You know, like it's not necessarily dramatic stuff, but obviously all these little things they fester, they compound over time. And if you don't have the skills that you now teach people, um, if you mm-hmm. don't have those kinds of things to resolve them. You can mm-hmm. be in a really dark place pretty quickly over seemingly nothing. Yeah. Was that the case, or did you guys have some major incompatibilities? Like, what
1: was going on? No, actually, my wife and I always love each other very much. Like, we if we were by ourselves, um, we could actually work things out. Mm. Um, but you add the children, you add family components, and then you add all these stresses, and then. Uh, Past hurts, uh, unresolved conflict with my wife, right? Uh, So uh, that definitely was part of it because it became those little things for her Hmm. because I hadn't addressed her issues, her concerns uh, appropriately. um, And I just assumed that we were done. We dealt with it and we talked about it move on I, I'm a go-getter I'm, I'm result driven <laughs> we talked about it let's get going right yeah and where where you know uh with my wife I, I wasn't really taking care of her needs and I wasn't being very uh mindful of of the issues that I knew that were there the issues there but I really wasn't addressing it and so through the and I, I'm just gonna tie it back to the relationship intelligence uh side of it is that that we—that's one of the things that we talk about and we cover—is that there is different stages of conflict, and we need to understand those stages. And so, in in our relationship, my wife and I were at stage three, which meant that we had gone through stage one, two, and three, and we no longer cared about the the other person. It was self-preservation. So any yeah. little thing any little thing would trigger us and fire us up. Right. And then me being so proud and being, you know, the man of the house and, you know, it's your problem. You, you have the issue because I'm I'm judging her behavior, yeah. uh, which is just a reaction to what was being done. I, uh, yeah, there was, there was times where I wouldn't speak to my wife for a week or two. <laughs> right. And I, I was like, yeah, like, uh, you know, it got tough. It was tough. Right. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It. It's, uh, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. no I just it, 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 by by the grace of God. I, I I honestly don't know how and and why we still stayed together. Right. Um. There's times where I wanted to go and she was holding on, and times she was ready to go and I was holding on. Right. And it yeah. was just like, God just had a plan and purpose for our marriage and, and relationship. And at the time I didn't understand it, but I think I do now. Hmm. Because through my brokenness and through my mistakes and through the struggles that we went through, you know, I'm helping now other men and, and, and other, other women. Uh, yeah. and we, you talked about the psychotherapist, yeah. that, you know, uh, that I'll, we, we can talk about that later. But um, how, yeah, even her, you know, uh, was struggling with relationship issues that God is using now.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and, and, and he God really does work all things together for good, you know, and sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to imagine how, you know, but it's neat to see a couple of years later what, what He's done through you and what He's going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something that I think is very relatable, which is like, here you are married to your high school sweetheart, <clears throat> and you would think that your love for each other and the history, the roots go deep, you know, like you did high school together, we're talking here. Mm-hmm. Um you think that those kinds of things would be enough to bring a degree of stability or certainty to a marriage and I think a lot of guys they rest on their own laurels whether it is you know their high school sweetheart or it's like oh no she loves me she'll never leave me or uh, look at all the things that I've done for her um, you know like I think we we tend to find our security in places that are sometimes a little bit ill-founded um, why is it that those things don't actually secure a marriage? how come you can, you know, do nice things for your wife and have all this great history with her and it still doesn't mean that she's happy in the relationship and the relationship's going to be healthy? Well, I mean, it,
1: uh, it all comes down to love, right? Not that I love my wife, because I did. Hmm. Love as an action word. Loving our wife, right? And God, if you really pay attention to, God keeps telling us all the time, To love your wife with all your heart and soul, right? Uh, Sorry, love God with all your heart and soul, but love your wife, right? And 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 it tells us. uh, uh, So the first part it says in Genesis and in Matthew, uh, it talks about how. um, Therefore, man should leave his father. I'm going to read it because I'm going to. I don't. I don't want to mess it up. But it says here. Uh therefore the, the man should leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall, shall become one flesh right so God is taking man and woman and becoming one flesh right and then he goes on to say and so that they are no longer two but one and what what therefore God has joined together let no man separate right so that's god's command and that's god's purpose for our marriage right and mm-hmm. then god keeps telling us to be be loving and patient and be kind uh and uh, don't don't be arrogant and, and, and rude like right? and love your wife right uh, and as uh, i think in ephesians it talks about loving our wife um as christ loved the church right but what happens is in society it's po- pointing us to other things Look at the grass on the other side. It's greener. Look, nice. now, if you're not happy with, with the relationship, go elsewhere. You know why are you putting up with it right? And that's that mentality. So I, I think there's a lot of pressures from within society. Um, and now with the internet and now the, the things that's going on in the world, right? A lot of um, a lot of pressures on relationships. And if you're not centered, if you're not centered, Right. Uh, then you're not, you're, you're definitely not going to be looking to God for the strength, for the courage, for the wisdom, for the love, yeah. uh, for the ability to overcome those struggles because struggles then change. Right. The, the struggles then change. How we responded to it changed right. because it was Christ centered now. Like how I responded in the last seven years to our issues um, has been different. And that is, and I said earlier, uh, you know, uh, I for 19 years I blamed my wife, while well, God showed me the issue was my heart, right? Hmm. And so, uh, God tells us, guard your heart with all your your, your, uh, your strength and might, right? And and so, why is why can, keeps telling us to guard our heart? Because if I allow resentment, if I allow anger, if I allow hatred and hurt, then what what's in my heart is what flows out of my mouth.
0: Yeah. That's
1: it. Right? And so how do we understand how we how to deal with these pressures or these situations and behaviors and situations uh, and in the world and in our relationships is knowing how to communicate more effectively. Know how what God's word says about us men. And so the separation is is off the t- off the table because that verse I just read, God says, let no man separate what God's brought together, right? Right. So that's just done. Like if you're a Christ follower, that's not even that's not even a topic that we should be talking about. Right. What we should be talking about is how can I uh, sh- show and, and, uh, my love for you? And how can I uh, speak in a loving manner? How can I treat you with love and care and gentleness and kindness, right? Yeah. And the fruit of the spirit, right? How do we do that in a way that is honoring to God? And it's a blessing to our our spouse, whether uh, whether it's your it's your wife or your your husband, right? It, it doesn't matter, right? The point is, we're called to respond in a way that is loving, yeah, that is patient, that is kind, that is gentle, that is self control, right? And that, so we that's what we have to do. Yeah, I don't right. know if I answered your question, but.
0: You did. No, you absolutely I asked, did. I, I think that's really good. And I think it's, it's a good reminder that actually it's not complicated. Um, it's not necessarily easy either, right? But it's, no. it's really, it's the basics. It's always the simple things that it boils down to. Um, let's get into relational intelligence and all that kind of stuff. Let, let's go absolute basics. Let's just assume that nobody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. How would you describe relationship intelligence? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so basically is um, the, the relationship of awareness theory talks about uh, creating a common language where people can understand each other and can, uh, uh, can understand the motives. Hmm. What drives you and I to behave in a certain way um, is different, right? So understand the behaviors, the motives behind so that it prevents and helps us manage uh, conflict uh, more effectively, right? Mm. And so we can have meaningful di- dialogue. So it's uh, think about it from this perspective. There's opposition and there's conflict. Conflict has a level of opposition. Opposition, if you will, is difference of opinion. But if I take your difference of opinion and I take it personal and I become offensive, offended by it, then I enter into conflict. I'm triggered into experience internal conflict in my heart, right? Mm. I'm triggered. I don't know, understand why, but I'm triggered. And I don't like the way you said it. I don't agree with what you're saying. And so therefore you're wrong and I'm right. And so now we're experiencing this conflict, right? So yeah. relationship intelligence brings to light a level of awareness and understanding who we are, why we are motivated Uh, to do certain things the way we do it and also allows us to be able to not only understand ourselves but also understand others and see their perspective and be able to see it from the other side of the coin, if you will, right? without the fear of going into conflict because there's a level of respect, a level of understanding, a level of uh, willingness to work together even though we may see things differently. Hmm. different is good right and that doesn't mean it's right or wrong it's just different right yeah and uh i'm I'm, hopefully i was simple enough to be able to
0: no it's really good really really good and i think there's two things you mentioned there that really strike me one is that awareness piece like i think sometimes we don't even realize you know as guys we don't even realize what we're doing or that that there's something wrong with the way we're doing it because technically you know it's right like technically we're right or technically right. you know like we didn't say anything mean or terrible so why is it such a problem and the other thing you mentioned that i think is quite critical and something that i'm certainly learning like i'm i'm taking notes as you talk ricardo because i'm i'm not an <laughs> expert at all i'm like not even 2 years into this marriage thing so figuring it all right. out but right. um the common language thing i think is a huge one like my wife is born and raised in jamaica and that, like, by default, just puts us at odds on certain fronts because we mm-hmm. describe things differently. We have different words for different things, th- different right. tones and everything, right? And so having that common language, I think, is pretty critical. Would it be fair to say that if somebody really wanted to get into this stuff in, in the context of a relationship, whether they're dating, engaged, or married, it's going to be the most effective if they're doing it with their spouse?
1: Um. Both. I, yes okay. and no. I uh, I think uh, to really to be successful at first is identify ourselves, right? Because what happens is we really need to get to the root cause, right? To the heart, to the core. Um, so we use a program that's called uh, Core Strengths, and we get okay. to the core at the heart of what our issues are. And in order to do that, we really need to do uh, one-on-one, if you will. When we mm-hmm. have our spouses, you know, it becomes that pull push pull type of thing and we're kind of you no know, you know i'm not well i really don't see it that way and we really can not start getting into that battling again uh w- with me right so we don't want to do that what we want to do is we really want to go individually um yeah. but it okay. uh it, it can lead to couple i that's not my specialty my specialty is really sure. dealing with one-on-one uh going with uh especially men and you, you I, I like what you said because it's so true as men, we struggle to understand what we feel and what why we're feeling it, right? right? And if we really think back to our childhood as kids, we are not taught as men, and I'm speaking to my fellow brothers, right? Uh, women are, are more expressive and they know how to communicate differently, right? But as yeah. men, we're not t- t- taught how to express our feelings. And so, I mean, my generation was, you know, get up and, you know, shut up and, and don't, you know, don't cry, don't be, you know, and, and just be a man, right? Type of thing. And, and so yeah. we learn to internalize our emotions and and then when we explode, we do it in a way that's very damaging. Right, yeah. and because we are not aware of why I'm triggered, so I'll give you a scenario from a relationship standpoint. So myself, Please. I'm a, I'm a, so that we look at our motivation levels towards people, towards performance, and towards process. So I'm a performance-driven guy. So I uh, we call a red motivation value system. So as a as a, a performance-driven guy, I'm about results. So everything I do <laughs> is about a driving results. Right. Okay. My wife is more of a people person, more of level of concern for the welfare of others. She would take her shirt off and give it to others, and self-sacrifice herself, right? Yeah. Um, to make sure others are taken care of. In my and and sometimes even now, I, I, but now I'm able to deal with it better. But in the past, I look back in my, our past interactions and issues is when i was too aggressive pushing and driving results i wasn't really paying attention to the impact i was having around others or to others around me right and that was detrimental to my wife
0: hmm.
1: right how it impacted the rest of the family how it impacted the the kids how i spoke and the tone i spoke how that made feel made others feel that triggered her. Even though it wasn't directed at her, it would trigger her. And she would take that personal, right? Because she was motivated by making sure others are okay. Does does that make sense? Oh, yeah. 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 So my communication language, even though what I was saying was not wrong, how I was saying it was wrong. Yeah. It's the delivery of the message that was the problem. And because I didn't know that, I didn't recognize that I was triggering her Into conflict and I didn't know how to manage that how to move move us back from conflict back to an understanding and just look from different perspectives right yeah and understanding what I was what my true motive was what I was trying to achieve and once I through this uh, uh, relationship awareness theory and, and, and relationship intelligence once I realized that when God opened my eyes I'm like oh this is this is crazy i wish i would have had that 19 years ago right because it would have saved me a lot of grief and others a lot of grief because you know as a as a red driven person uh and results were very important and you know you know self-confidence is very good but when i overdo that strength it comes across as being arrogant yeah (laughs) right 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 Right? well that's I, i hate arrogant people Right? So I would not want to do something that's, that appeared to be arrogant, but because I was overusing my strengths, hmm. um, it, it, was driving and it was driving the wrong message. It was being perceived as being negative behaviors, not understood as the actual strengths that it was meant to be.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So this is a really good framework. I feel like we're kind of getting a construct here of what relational intelligence is and what it means and what it looks like. So I'm wondering if now you can maybe give an example and I'd love to hear it kind of in a contrast context. I didn't give you any prep for this. So I apologize. I'm putting you on the spot a bit, but I'm, I'm kind of want to hear like, what does, what did uh, Ricardo at 15 years, how did he handle a situation versus how he would handle it now? Like what is that delivery of how you express yourself in the relationship? What does that actually look like? And I think the contrast might be helpful. I know for me, like I said, I'm still learning. Um, so it, it'd be helpful for me to just hear even the comparison of it because I think um I think this is an area I really need to grow in. And your relationship dynamic sounds very similar to mine and, uh, and Shaloma's. So I, I I don't know, is that is that doable, Ricardo? Can you give an example yeah, like definitely, that? Definitely,
1: definitely. I think I think uh I think I can. Uh so um the Ricardo, the old Ricardo would be quick to respond. Uh, would be very defensive in his approach. Uh, so if someone was questioning what was being said or done, I would respond in a defensive manner um, okay. because I felt I was right, right from my perspective. I was right, right. I, you know, I have a, a view and I see things. I'm seeing things from my point of view, and I, where I stand, it's right, right. Where the other person is saying the same thing, so right. I would take a very defensive approach. And, and and that approach, then I would crush people, <laughs> if you will. Right. And so and that would let my wife is very strong minded. Hey, Listen, God's blessed me with a very strong uh, uh, bride. Um, and uh, we when we went to war, we went to war. Right, and <laughs> yeah. uh, so it wasn't like you know that she she crumbled. Like we we went to war where right? we had strong views. Right, we're very and and, and I'm, I'm blessed for that because that challenged me and challenged me now to be a better husband, and hmm. and that's the thing that God wants me to to do as a, as as a new Christ follower is you know how to become a better husband through how I respond to my wife. Hmm. The Versa says. Um, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger has come to to life in my life <laughs> a lot more than ever before. Right. So it, it is a verse that at times I, I I catch myself where I I jump the gun in speaking, but I now can actually understand. And at times I'll actually listen for keywords. To understand what the actual true motives of what my wife is trying to say to me, even though she may not deliver it the way I would like to to hear it, I can now, I'm no longer judging the behavior, but I'm trying to get to the root understanding of what her meaning is, right? And then I can respond by speaking to what she actually is trying to say, not how she's saying it to me.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So you're, you're not getting nitpicky about word choice or that kind of thing. You're basically, you're, you're kind of um, putting that aside, even though maybe it does trigger something within you when it's spoken, but you're saying, no, 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 I'm going to put that aside and really try to isolate the motive here and, and give her the benefit of the doubt in that way, I guess.
1: Yeah. Kind of like, yes. Um, And so uh, from, from a godly perspective is if I'm a servant of the Lord and God says, Love the Lord with all your heart and love others, and that includes my wife. Yeah. Those are two commandments, right? And loving others, it's not easy to love others because we are dealing with um you know different types of people, different, you know cultures and, and whatnot. And they see different things and they express themselves differently, right? As you can yeah. see, I speak with my my hands, right? That's my, <laughs> I, so uh, uh, to some people, that's too loud. right? But, uh, um, but the point is that I think that when we are able to understand what God's calling for us as men, as husbands, and that is to love your wife, to treat her to to love her. Um, there's actually there's a, a verse that I should uh, read, and I'm trying to find one here. But anyways, um, oh, be loving and patient. Be kind. Uh, do not be arrogant or rude. Uh, do not insist on your own way. Uh, do not be irritable or resentful. Do not rejoice on the wrongdoings, wrongdoing, but rejoice in the truth. Love. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, hmm. and love never ends. That's Corinthians 13, uh, wow. 48 8. And, and so when you put those verses and you start looking at, and I start looking at my life, right? God is telling me, don't be selfish. It's not about you, yeah. right? You need to, love will conquer everything. So if you respond in a loving manner towards my wife, then it will be returned with love. Maybe not immediately, (laughs) right? Sure. Right? But it will calm down, calm the waters down faster than it did before. Because I know that if I don't respond in a way that is loving, it will heat up quite quickly, right? And we can stay there for a while, right? Yeah. If, right? And so... God is has uh, given me this gift of, of being able to to change and remind me like you're such a sinner how dare you judge my daughter right mm. because that's what I'm doing like if I'm criticizing my wife I'm criticizing God's daughter right and if we start seeing from that perspective like I would never want to insult God's daughter right yeah. but that's that's what my wife is right right but if So the love part, when you start seeing things from love, from that perspective, and you see it from being God-centered, it's key, right? Not worldly, but from God-centered. Then it's much easier to be able to take it, try to understand it, respond it by our tongue in a way that not bite your tongue not to speak or express your feelings because i think that's very dangerous i th- and for, for me it's extremely dangerous because huh. i would bottle bo- uh, bottle up my feelings my emotions and then i would explode right but bite my tongue meaning that i listen hear what is being said or what's trying right and then respond with wisdom and with yeah. love right yeah. from a place of understanding and awareness of what you why you're being triggered and why she's being triggered and then try to co- find a common ground so that we can move forward and continue on with the journey, right?
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And you know, again, like like we're saying, it it really takes work, right? It t- takes takes mm-hmm. practice and it takes some good guidance along the way. So I I guess to to kind of just wrap things up a bit, Ricardo, you know, you're talking to guys who are probably experiencing some marital conflict or some difficulty in their relationships and and you know in in this context of the podcast it can often be the trigger for looking at porn or engaging in some sort of misbehavior not things we want to do but things that we wind up doing because we can't deal with the conflicts and pains that come from those relationships where can somebody start if they just want to get going on this journey
1: just a little bit what's that first step that they should be taking Yeah. So, I mean, obviously uh, I always point people to Christ, right? Because ultimately that's where you will find the transformation, right? But um, at times we need somebody, uh, a mentor, we need somebody to walk along uh, to shine the light in areas that we might have uh, blind spots, right? Um, So one of the things that I've been doing is I've been working with uh, men who are business leaders who are struggling with, uh, you know, toxic work environments and and uh, workplace issues uh, that are actually related, if you really think about it, because yeah. whether it's professional relationship or personal relationship, if there is, we have conflict in our lives, the odds are we're going to take it to work, or if you have issues at work, we're going to bring it home, right? And so that just, it's uh, interlinked. And so as I walked with men, um, they, they, uh, they are, they're coming back to me and saying, ricardo like you don't understand this is actually saving my marriage this is actually helping my marriage so there's there's that linkage there yeah. so i would suggest to them is uh, you know if, if if you really want to if you're serious about saving your marriage or saving or restoring a relationship um, uh, then definitely uh, reach out reach out to me i can i can walk them through it um, sure. and uh, if they want to go through our, our, our coaching program, our transformational coaching program. And then we'll talk about that, what that looks like and the cost of that, whatnot. But I can certainly point them to certain basic information that they can look into.
0: Okay.
1: Um, definitely visit my website. Um, OTR uh, consulting.ca uh, to, you know, to read into a little bit more information and get more, uh, and, and then even contact me from there. Yeah. But more, more importantly, um, read up on emotional intelligence but read up on relationship intelligence what does that mean i have some information that i can provide you if you're interested just uh, uh let me know I'll, I'll send it to you sure and uh but yeah get in the word get journey with other men get in the group men men's ministry like that's one of the things that's helped me to learn how to walk as a uh, as a christ follower um and how to bring not only the things that I do from a ministry standpoint, but also yeah. from my relationship with Christ and how to understand that. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I answered your question there.
0: Ben. That's awesome. No, that's great. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. Um, Ricardo, this has been awesome. Thanks for sharing. I know we could we could honestly go for another two hours probably and just break this thing yes. down, but uh, it's a great intro to the subject and some really good examples here. Thanks for your time today, brother. and uh, And thanks for sharing. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Uh, it's uh, thank you for for having me. All right. Well, that was my interview with Ricardo, and I told you, like, he's got some really good stuff on relationships. And if you are experiencing any kind of tension in your marriage or some difficulty in your relationships, I just I highly encourage you reach out to this guy, get some help. Um, the reality is. We are in relationships for the rest of our life. So you might as well take advantage, build some skills, learn how to manage these things well so that your quality of life improves. Because I'm telling you, most often... Your quality of life is correlated with the quality of your relationships. So um, just want to encourage you to do that. But thank you so much for listening. I really do hope this helps you lead your life with confidence and integrity. And if you're looking for some practical ways to get free of porn, I mean, you heard Ricardo's story and just about how pornography really had had messed up his life and how it was part of sort of this rock bottom season that he had to get through and you know Jesus miraculously delivered him from uh, but if you're struggling with porn and you're really looking to get some help and you want to experience the same kind of turnaround that Ricardo was talking about you can go to the, uh, ultimate recovery guide.com. that's going to give you a, a copy a free copy of my ebook that has my best practices for porn recovery I highly recommend it for anybody who's looking to further their journey to full freedom Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Much love to all of you, and I'm cheering you on. I wish you an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter
0: at www.sathiasam.com. Or follow
1: on Instagram at Sathya Me Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.